Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slamfire Radio, episode 307 for June 6, 2019, the D-Day edition. It's not really about D-Day, but today is D-Day, the 75th anniversary. So right, at least, not the actual D-Day. Uh, yes, it is the anniversary of it. Correct. So right. um, if you went to the beach today, be sure to thank Yvette yeah. for the time right. he went to the beach for you. And if you if you went to the beach with a gun, you're late. Yes, so by 75 years yep probably not the thing you want to make jokes about but i know you can't help yourself so i can't help it i'm bad at this but i am yep. supremely thankful for all of the guys who stormed the beach yeah we uh we did a thing at the school today too it's, it's very cool yeah very good cool. Beach. apparently uh every school got this kit except for me because apparently i'm not a real school and i always get forgot about until they want something but there was right. this like all the schools um went into this link and watched this video that was done centrally somewhere in the district. And it was all in recognition of the North shore regiment, which was one of the first Canadian regiments to hit the beach. Yep. Yeah. And like most of the um, first guys to hit the beach, they didn't make it to the end of the day. So kind of yep. sad, but there is a, there's a, uh, a school district Anglophone North school district connection to D day with the uh, North shore regiment. So kind of, kind of a somber day um, around yeah. the district because everybody's got a relative who's got a grandfather, who's got a great-grandfather or whatever, right? So yep. anyway, um, I'm one of your hosts, Trevor. That's I'm, No, you're wait. not next. Kelly's next. Go ahead, Kelly. Oh, yeah, I'm Kelly. Wait. Good, good. That's I'm good. Kelly. Playing along <laughs> well. Is it me? Uh, I don't know. Do you have the show notes open? No. Of course not. Yes, it's you. It's me. Yes, you, McFly. We've changed your name. Oh, by the way. right, McFly. McFly, McFly is here because <laughs> you fly and you're a slacker. So that's hilarious. I love it. I am it, a slacking McFlacker. Adriel oh, came not... up with that, I believe. So I like it. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> last but not least, Adriel Frosty. Yeah, Very good, me. Frosty. Thank you. Yeah, Frosty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll do the nickname thing. Yeah, Frosty. Then no, I started with Trevor, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Then we went to Kelly, and then we went to McFly. So we don't need to McFly, be. Fly, hello. Yeah, Anyone we, home in there? We can make it up whatever way we want. Well, you You're said just like you your said old man. Episode three hundred seven too, and it threw everything like reminded off. Reminded me of the uh, bloke on the range was it was saying how the British speak things versus the Americans, and you can say like three O and instead of a thirty aught six and that kind of thing. Uh-huh. You're saying how thirty aught six is like linguistically really stupid because it's the only time you'd use aught for zero. Yep. Right. He's because not wrong. Zero is actually not, not odd. Mm-hmm. Anyway, whatever. You know, it's just a not. Wow. Speaking mm-hmm. of naughty things, let's talk about the Calgary Shooting Center, shall we? Let's do it. Mm-hmm. So what we did this week in guns is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. Starting this week, they are giving away Bill Blair bucks. I love this. Ooh. Bill Blair bucks are $100 gift certificates. They expire August 30th. And how do you get them? By buying an Air 15. You buy like an Air fifteen, hmm. they give you a hundred bucks, hundred Bill Blair bucks. Who else is so doing you that? Can, so you, oh, that's that's I don't nobody. Right, <laughs> nobody. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. 
It is good. I like it. And then like you can go back to the store and tell them Bill Blair sent you. That's right. Well, he did, really. He absolutely did. If you go there to buy the air and get the Bill Blair book, it all comes back to Bill Blair. I, I'd like to thank right. Bill Blair um, because yeah. and I'll well, just it, I'll just transition here in what I did this week in guns. Because of Bill Blair, I bought four air 15s. <laughs> Tracy said buy one and you bought four. <laughs> she not to boss well, me. Bought, he bought one for all of us on the show. I mean, we're not going to get no. them, but he bought no, them no, in no. like in like, like, like bec- no, I didn't do that. Kelly made sure we're all going to get a shotgun. I did right. not buy ARs no. for everybody, but no. I did I did um broker the purchase, if you will, for my godson and his girlfriend. So uh Denny had a couple of NEA lowers, so I made that deal happen. And then from Freedom Ventures, I bought. Oh, I might as well pull them out, right? You guys want to see them, of course. I think that's the idea. Well, of course, yeah, because yeah, yeah, it's it a it's an audio show, right? So <laughs> it is an audio oh, show. Oh, so. oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> no. those of you who are those of you who are just listening and not watching, Trevor just dropped something. Oh, powerful gun stuff all over the floor. I mean, it's not like Christopher Anderson. I didn't smash a lamp and stuff, but whatever. All right, check this out. These are. Match sets of STI upper and lower ARs. <laughs> Sequential serial nice. numbers too. How Ooh, cool is cool. that? Yeah, very cool. So even if I want someone, I couldn't because when you get two guns that have sequential serial numbers, it's like a gun you law. You have to keep them. You yeah, you lose. It's a definitely a man card infraction. So yeah. So yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah. So I bought those for myself. So that one, that one, I I saw it ended in one eighty three. Does the other one end in one eighty two? Correct. Oh, sweet. So I want that one. You're not getting it. And and all of my pilot homies will back me up on that. Oh, because it's a Cessna 182. Yeah. Nice. There you go. <laughs> nice. No, you can have a 152. Oh, Yeah, that's about all that will carry noise. me. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't carry me, that's for sure. That's not wrong. <laughs> Didn't say you were right, but you're not wrong. All right, we're still on me. I'll keep going with what else I yeah. bought and then brought home. Um, yeah, so we'll jump around here a little bit just because the camera's on me. So, um, I got my Berettas back. I don't know if I ever mentioned that I happened to temporarily had a like an aneurysm or something. I sold them, I got rid of my 92 and my 96, and then I fixed myself. But check this bad boy out. So, this is a 1895 ABL, and the BL stands for big loop, which I will promptly replace with a regular size loop just as soon as it comes in. So the people listening are guessing that's probably with the big loop. They probably know it's a lever action. So this yes. is a lever action. It is action. a lever action. It's a, Le- Marlin, a lever lever. It's a Marlin 1895 lever action chambered in. 4570. Forty-five seventy. The only government I trust. That's right. 4570. So, I want to shoot that. I already got the powder downstairs. I've Do I have the bullets? I'm going to have the bullets. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Just put whatever in there. Joey, do I have the bullets? Hmm. I think 9 mil fit. I've, uh, I've got five ACP of it for that. Do you really? Yeah. Like the projectiles or no, ammunition the loaded. Like I have oh. 50 loaded 400 green. You know what I want to oh, do? Boom. I want to shoot a gopher with this. Oh my God. In the face. I really do. So it's got a nice kind of bluish tinge, not as blue as Kelly's hair, but pretty close. Um, <laughs> it'll be, it'll be like a rust brown soon though. Laminate yeah. stock. Will it? Why? Cause it's a, it's a Remington product. Oh, stop. It, it, it's not a Remlin. It could be we'll a Remlin. See. Yeah. Anyway, it's got a fantastic trigger on it. So, um, I, so I, you know, one came into the shop. Um, it originally came from Elwood Epps and somebody bought it, never fired it. It was still in the box. And um, 
So it couldn't be sold as a new gun. And Denis, Denis is, uh, he, you know, he's tolerant of me. I won't say he likes me because let's face it. Um, so he gave me he a does. smoking, right? You know, he tolerates <laughs> right. me. Um, so yeah, I got a really good deal on it. And I'm going to top it off with this. This is a Vortex Diamondback. And it's uh, one and three quarters to five by 32, which I think is perfect for that bush gun. So yeah, that's yes, a great is. range. That's actually beautiful. Right. I did good. Waiting for the EGW scope rail to arrive in the next order. And now then the I only can... problem is you're planning on putting a scope on a lever action. That's my only <laughs> issue there. But, you know, whatever. It's a low Other power. Than that, scope, if you're going to put one on, that's the size to do. It. Right. Super yeah. low power. I mean, yeah. That gun has nice sights, though. Like it actually does, Kelly. It has great sights. The front yeah. sight is uh, even got like a some color to it. Yeah, uh, it's got the buckhorn type sights, but they are really nice. A lot of people don't like buckhorn. I don't see an issue with them. I, I like buckhorn. buckhorn. I yeah, hate I don't buckhorn with you all my them? I like them. Oh yeah, okay. I have I have the SBL version of that gun. So the... so what's the S stand for? Uh, stainless. I, I, stainless. Uh, yeah, it's a stainless. Yeah, it's a yeah. stainless one. Suppressed. It's a nice one. So it's. I wish. <laughs> I wish. Yeah, Captain Andy has the stainless version too, but I think he had a uh, a. Uh, a guide edition or a trapper edition with a shorter magazine tube and he extended it and did all kinds of crazy machining work to it and stuff. So it's pretty awesome. Um, what else? Um, okay. So then I got out to build um, some stages for our black badge match. So uh, me and some of the guys did that. And then I wasn't going to be at the black badge match because I was going to be part of the first, this is CCFR history. We had the pilot course for the CCFR range safety officer program where myself, uh, Greg Weiss and Sean Hyman became uh, certified master learning facilitators. So we will actually teach the teacher and they will go out as local facilitators and teach the students. So more on that later, but I couldn't shoot the black badge match because uh, I was double booked. There was no other way uh, rather than change the date of the, of the CCFR thing. Muffin stepped up and said, I'll teach the black badge giddy up. So he did. Um, once we got the stages built, some of the ROs, Trevor and uh, Fingers, they took me through the um, the stages. So I got to shoot the pre-match, and I won. So that was cool. I really didn't want to miss our first match of the year. Um, now, the CCFR RSO course, people are chomping at the bit. They're already banging on my door and stuff. Uh, we had the pilot to get us certified as master learning facilitators. We certified two instructors. It was, uh, no, sorry. We certified two RSOs. Three people took it, two got certified. And so they'll get a certificate. They'll be the only ones in Canada for now that are actually CCFR RSOs until um, our role. We're going to start teaching classes. And while we're teaching the class, we will teach instructors. So right now we're working on the logistical end of the of administering the class, working with the head office to get certificates mailed out, patches mailed out, all that stuff. So we're working on those details. Um expect more in the fall really there's going to be a lag in the summer where we're, we're tied up with other commitments and projects but we will uh, get back on track i will i personally will definitely be teaching classes in the fall the other instructors maybe sooner depending on when we get the logistics of tracking you know who was trained by who when where all that stuff course fee all that good stuff so stay tuned we're a heck of a lot farther than we were before peter elliott was the one he's the um, course creator he's the one that certified us the course is recognized by the federal government it's based on the federal range standards and um it's 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 all good peter's a a really awesome guy he's a vet 
Um, he got shot in the same leg twice. He's like, really? That's not fair. Once in Cambodia, another time in Northern Ireland, right? Um, and he has been a sniper and special forces and he's trained people in range safety and he's trained people to shoot people. So he's, he's quite a very interesting cat and I really enjoyed my weekend with him. Um, oh, and then we got out and we built the stages for the steel challenge, uh, other Trevor and me, mostly other Trevor, really, he would get out there a couple hours before I would get off work and have a lot of the work done. <laughs> my favorite. Um, so we got that put together then on last Friday, a week ago tomorrow, if that's grammatically correct. Um, the maple seed at my range took place. So there were two people from my club that took part. It was a small class. I don't even think there were 10 people, but, um, of the 10 or of the eight, rather, I think it was eight. There was only one, um, that got their patch. Unfortunately, no one from Restigush got it. I'm looking at you other Trevor. It's harder than you think. Like a lot of people think like, oh yeah, it's a yeah, 22 course. You just shoot 22s of paper. I've been shooting 22s all my life, but uh, mm, a little bit more to it than that. Yep. You're right. Because the, when we did it last year in conjunction with the charity shoot, we had some capable members from Rustica shoot it now. And again, only one person from Rustica, Denis from uh, DC Armory was the only one got his patch. So mm-hmm. um, that was on Friday. Saturday was the fourth annual Ronnie DeGroote Memorial Steel Challenge. That was a lot of fun. Attendance was down a little bit. The weather was perfect. Smoke on the water was uh, a little late, but the food was perfect. Um, I didn't shoot as well as I would have liked. I've been tracking my times on certain stages. I'm starting to get into this. I really love Steel Challenge. I shot some personal best times, but overall, I was slower than last year, but still managed to take top overall um pistol and first in my um i don't think overall is a thing it's not a thing i don't think but you know it is a thing if you here's when it's a thing if you win it's a thing it, it only if you didn't win it's not a thing that's definitely true it really only counts when you have a pcc and there are ipsic open guys <laughs> in the match yes <laughs> then it's a thing and it was a thing this time because yes i won overall pistol but you heard me you heard me um you know um Paraphrase or not? You heard me. Um, what am I looking for here? Weasel words. I preface. Think. I preface. Weasel words. With, I am word weasel wording. Word. Yeah. yeah I'm yes. weasel. So you heard me weasel word with. I won overall pistol. Mm-hmm. I didn't win overall match. That went to Dawn. Dawn and Ginger Snap showed up sharing an FX9 gun. Ran great. Both guys ran it all day. Not a single malfunction. Um, there was some user error with height over bore, and they just, I think they just threw an ACOG on it the morning of the match, to be perfectly honest. An ACOG and not a red dot? <laughs> they don't play. They don't play. <laughs> hey, let's let's put an optic on the gun that's worth three times the cost of the gun, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. Two, two or three, yeah. Yeah. Plus, they had the red dot on top of the ACOG. It was crazy. Anyway, um, they got after it. Both of them got after it. They laid down some pretty good times, except on Smoke and Hope. I want everyone here listening. Everyone not listening, everyone who's going to see this in the future. Remember that time a pistol guy beat the rifle guy on the stage? That that was me. Smoke and hope. No one could touch me. It was amazing. I had some sub three second time. So I was really pumped about that. And um, Matthew will tell you, when we started doing this, if we could hit five plates in a row without a miss, we were happy. <laughs> <laughs> we just wanted yeah. to hit the bloody things. And Matthew, I'll tell you, that strategy still applies to Pendulum pendulum still sucks it's still the widow maker it still separates the men from the boys that's the one where it's the four plates a 12 inch a 10 inch a 10 inch a 12 inch and a yep. stop plate and they're all at 20 yards and they yep. suck yeah yep. it still sucks um yep. during practice Matthew, challenge, I, though. oh dude like seven second runs in practice 
I sped it up a little bit for the match, but still, all I wanted to do on Pendulum was hit them all. So anyway, but Don um, took the overall fastest time in the entire match with a PCC, and he he did really good. So um, it was it was a lot of fun. We did our usual tradition of we had a shot in honor of uh, Ronnie and his wife Carol. And then um, Muffin brought some cigars for a bunch of people. And then Filthy and the crew from Fredericton, uh, they all came up here. And then, you know, shenanigans ensued and so on and so forth. And, you know, good times had by all. Maybe maybe uh, June bugs were lit on fire with a bull torch on my back deck. I don't know. The video of it's been taken down, so I can neither confirm nor deny. Uh, I ordered some reloading stuff. The... Um, that tool that measures your exact length of your chamber so you can drop your bullet back a couple of thou off the lands. I've been talking to Ryan Stacio at IBI and getting some advice from him on ordering some tools to step up the precision of my precision ammo. Is it like an uh, Ojive comparator or like an Ojive? I got that. Kind of I did get yeah. that as well. I got the one with the modified case where you stick the bullet on, you put it in the chamber, and then, you know, I got that. <laughs> so it's made by Hornady. All these are made by Hornady. One is an overall length off the Ojive, and another one is a, a comparator, like you said. So I got Can't all three just of those. Ram the round in there till it like won't go anymore, and then back it off a little bit. I guess you could, but you know OCD and stuff. Mm. I also ordered the um, shell plate that'll do the the three hundred eight family of cartridges for my Dylan case feeder. And then I went to the range yesterday with a kind of a new shooter. Um, I don't remember her Instagram handle, otherwise I'd tell you to to follow her on Instagram. Um, she's pretty awesome. Yes, she's a lefty. Yes, she drives a Dodge. Yes, she listens to country music, but other than that, she's awesome. Yeah, she's awesome. She, um, I gave her a, a, a quick crash car. I love showing female shooters how to hold a pistol. And you know why I love that? Matthew can probably answer why. Why do I love showing a female shooter how to hold a pistol, Matthew? Because they do it right, right off the bat. That's it. That's all. That's it. Done. One and done. One and done. Here, here's how you hold it. And they're like, okay. <laughs> they don't and argue with it. you <laughs> nope they don't yeah, argue they with do you it. they just do it and they do it right guys yeah. want to do it like they see on tv or in hollywood or the way they did it when they played cap guns when they were a kid and it's all wrong all of it's wrong unless or you're like watching keanu reeves and john wick it's all wrong yeah so. uh, matthew and i's favorite line <laughs> that we hear at a class is well i've always done it this way <laughs> very good you can very continue good. on with that then. <laughs> when you're ready that. to be successful come back yeah so uh that was pretty patronizing anyway <laughs> but but true it's, it's true yeah i'm not yeah yeah so um no i wasn't just saying you i mean i was you know anyway um yeah, yeah so she got after it we did some exemplar drills and uh she was walking them in there and then i got out i test fired my m1 grand 308 and it worked. It took a couple of rounds to get things kind of settled in and stuff because it had never been fired. And it worked really good. Um, and then I shot my two newly Enfields. I shot my Long Branch. And I shot my number one Mark III. What a, what an awesome gun to shoot. Oh, I didn't think I wanted a number one Mark III. And I only got this one because I got a smoking deal on it from a guy from Nova Scotia. Man, I'd rather shoot a number one Mark III over a number four Mark I any day. What a nice shooting gun. Really? Yeah. I, I prefer the number four. Really? Yeah, I like the number mm-hmm. four better myself. Sights. Wow. Yeah, well, it's way better than number four. I guess they're not as precise as a number one Mark III or a number three Mark One. What do I have? Number number one Mark Three. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And uh anyway, it's not obviously not the peep sight configuration, right? Yeah. It has a shorter sight radius. I don't know. And it has an amazing trigger. That's the gun, Adriel, that we dropped on the floor that time on the show, and I thought it went off because the trigger is like single stage and super light. Yeah. 
anyway, and um, so yeah, so I test fired the the Grand, the two M ones or the two Lee Enfields, and then I had my M fourteen note again. So uh, chasing it a little bit with the M fourteen for as uh, groups go, it's grouping okay, but from one range visit to the next, it's not the same. I need to get one of those large twelve inch shoot and see targets. I got some on, on order at the shop, and actually get out there with just that gun and only that gun, and really um, get get it zeroed at a hundred. And then we were about to go home. The wind, there was zero wind, so I took out my Savage, or yeah, my Savage A17, uh, 17 HMR, because I whacked a gopher with it not long ago, or Groundhog, sorry, and the shot wasn't where the shot should have been, because I was perfectly braced and relaxed and everything, so I took it out, and it was much higher than it should have been, and it's quarter MOA, so I give it four clicks, so I should have brought it down one inch. It brought it down easily two inches. Yeah, no, you guys... How's the tightness on your scope tube? Like the screws do you, well, do you I, use a torque wrench to... i do i do use the wheeler fat wrench and i use this the specified torque that comes with the rings hmm. i don't play so um anyway i i re-zeroed it and uh it, you know it's 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 a truck gun gets bumped around stuff so maybe that's it so yeah, maybe anyway yeah all right adriel how about you what have you been up no, to it's my turn oh, I yeah because you were actually there ahead of me but you didn't have a chance to put in there sorry matthew go ahead yeah and yeah um, you can, I didn't do anything, so anyway. We'll no, but later. you did. That's why you're here. <laughs> That's right. So, so I went to the uh, Ipsic uh, Black Badge match that uh, Woodstock put on a couple of weeks ago. Trevor was there and probably talked all about it, so I won't speak on it too much. But it was a lot of fun. Um, long day, a lot of stages for a Black Badge course. 13? But um, yeah, 14 or something. 13. Yeah, it was crazy. 15? 13. Okay. Oh, 13. I can't 21. Or hear you, apparently. That's like 30 or something. It's crazy. Fun though. I came in third in my division, so not fantastic, but I didn't completely lose. So I'm happy with that. Um, yeah, nothing to speak of really there, except that it was a really fun match. I really liked it, except it should have been like five less stages. Um, but the more fun thing that I did recently, and actually this was just this week, just a couple of days ago. Um, one of the teachers at the school that I work with, he's an exchange student, or exchange student, an exchange teacher from Australia. And as you guys know, they have pretty restrictive gun laws in Australia. And he's never fired a gun besides a slug gun, as he called it. And I'm like, oh, like a shotgun slug? Like, what are you talking? No, pellet guns. That's what they call pellet guns over there, slug guns. So he's only ever shot a, a pellet gun before. So I brought out the Glock 19 or Glock 17, uh, AR-15, and uh, Mossberg uh, 500, 12 gauge. Um, I also brought out my Lee Enfield, but it's been bubbled up into a synthetic stock and barrel chopped down to 22 inches. And, um, uh, fiber optic sights and the whole nine yards. It's a, it's a fun little rifle to play with, but brought that out. And, uh, the AR 15 is what we started with, but I put my 22 conversion kit in it. And, um, so I, we went through all the gun safety things first of, of course, we went through all of the, the four rules and then Canada's rules on top of that. And, you know, just the, the proper way to, to, uh, handle a firearm and just to keep the, the day and the night safe. So, um, he's like, Oh, he's like, got an AR-15. I'm like, yeah, you guys can have those. Yeah. And he's just flabbergasted that we could own all of these. And then I said, you can actually own all of these in Australia too, if you have the right license. He goes, no, no, no. I'm like, no, you, you can. You just gotta have the right I don't license. know if you still can. Maybe you can't. Well, it's been more changes since we were hanging around with Steve. Yeah, maybe. They're even at deliver actions now. Regardless, the, well, you, you with this right license, you still can. They're not banning them. They're just moving them up into higher class licenses. Yeah, and those up higher ones are harder to get into. They are. But regardless, he's kind of stoked on the idea that the fact that he could just even own a, a shotgun 
just a single shot shotgun. He's never even considered the idea of him actually being able to own a firearm. So he's kind of happy about that. Um, so we load up the, the, the magazine for the AR in 22 and, um, takes a couple, well, he takes the first shot and then he goes to chamber another round. I'm like, just press the trigger again. Oh, really? Like, yeah, it's automatic, semi-automatic, but yeah, you just keep pressing the trigger until you're done. Well, how fast can I shoot it? As fast Fast as as you want. want. Really? Yeah. So he just dumped her. (laughs) He's like, that is so much fun. I said, just wait. (laughs) So we uh, took the conversion kit out, put the uh, 5.56 bolt back in and uh, fired some 5.56 and he just loved it. I've got the linear muzzle brake on mine and it sends out fireballs that'll cook a sausage from 20 feet away. Just big old flames coming out at the end of the muzzle. He was just having a great time. Um, then we got the, the Glock out and he shot that for a while. And then he's got a bad shoulder, so he didn't shoot the shotgun, but I showed oh. off a little bit of the shotgun for him. So got some things out of the air and, you know, showed him the difference between birdshot, buckshot and slugs and that sort of thing. So he had some fun watching that. And th- so at the, uh, the end of the, the night, I said, well, we still got some more ammo left. Which one was your favorite? What do you want to shoot again? And he goes, oh, that handgun for sure. So we loaded up the uh, the 17 a bunch more, loaded up all the mags again and dumped them all and had a whole lot of fun. So it was, it's, it's really neat taking somebody who's never fired a gun before and who's slightly apprehensive about it out and showing them that done safely, it's extremely safe. The, the worst thing that happened to us was the black flies and they're terrible you would think with the hellish winter we had, but nope, they are over the vengeance. Yep. They're brutal. So awesome. anyway, yeah, had a lot of fun uh, taking a new guy out to the range and uh, got a couple of other staff members lined up who, after hearing his tale of uh, awesomeness have all said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to take me too. So Sweet. I will have more uh, staff members out there and these ones will be Canadian. So maybe I'll even get them signed up for the, uh, the safety course and get them licensed as well. Nice. Good work, man. Yeah. Doing my bit. Yep. Sweet. Man, that's, you know, one new licensee at a time. That's right. It's all we can do. Now, cool. can't really license this guy because he's Australian, but oh, you can. he's opened the door. He's opened the door to the Canadians who, because he's a he's a outgoing guy and everybody talks to him and he talks to everybody. He's like, look at the video that I shot. Look at this. I shot a machine gun. I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> <That's enough. laughs> let him go. <laughs> Just let him go. Right? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so what's letting this? him go. That's me. I got to go. I got to go do other things and stuff. But um, um, Kelly, nice seeing you again. And you, know, you guys. haven't seen me before. You weren't on well, last I'd, time I was on. Yeah, but I've seen Kelly. Yeah, <laughs> not not Kelly. this Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's close enough, really, when you think about it. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Have a good show, guys. We'll uh, catch you guys next time. Sweet. All right. See you later. Um, Adriel, you're up and I would like if you could, um, give us an update in case it's not in there. I haven't looked at your notes. Give us an update at some point on the survey. Oh yeah. I was hoping that all four of us could be on that, uh, at the, at the same time. No, no, just an update, whether it's closed, don't, not the results, just, you know, let people know in case they haven't gone yet or have you closed it down? I haven't, I can, like we have over a hundred, uh, over a hundred submissions so far cray cray didn't we get like 80 in the first 24 hours yeah yeah it was awesome it was so, because it, it makes it um like like this is this is how to make our show better right we make the yeah. show better by getting people to tell us what they start like, over they like. start start over and aim lower like introduce the whole thing in case someone hasn't been listening for a few weeks and tell them how to find it <clears throat> all right so we've got this uh google survey on uh giving feedback about the show uh let me 
look it up here. 2019 survey. It's about like how long you've been listening. Uh, do you also, do you watch us record on YouTube? Uh, do you engage with us on Facebook or Instagram or whatever? Um, what what people feel about the segment lengths and the overall show? So one of the things we're always wondering about is like, ah, is this going too long or is this just right or uh, could it be a little bit longer? And and that's all been really interesting. Um, part of the thing that I saw in there was that people want uh, more coverage of the Canadian gun news and Canadian guns. Like th- those ones are both uh, clearly people want more of. Cool. All and right. then they... uh, feedback on the individual hosts and then who <laughs> who their favorite host is. Or the person they hate the least. Same thing. Person they hate the least. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where do they find this? Because already the feed, but the YouTube comments are going survey, what survey? So we're do- on our Facebook and I will one second. I will go put it on the live thing. Oh, maybe is it open anymore? Did I close uh-huh. it? Maybe I closed it. I think I could reopen it. I think I can reopen it. Or you can post on the YouTube. Mm-mm. Ah, there it is. Uh, yeah. How do I send, collect it via email and then copy that and then go to the YouTube thing and go like, bam, right there. Done. And then people can fill it in there. There it is. All right, cool. So what do you do this week in guns? Uh, we got back to the show notes here. Uh, last week, Thursday, I spoke at the Sherwood Park Fish and Game. Uh, they're just a regular meeting. I talked on uh, Maple Seed and what it's all about and all that kind of stuff. So that was cool. Uh, and then I want to scope and uh, I'm sure you saw this Trevor, but, uh, CRPS had like these, uh, challenge coins. I have one around here somewhere, right. uh, that you could, uh, that you could buy and, uh, and again, got you in for a chance to win this really sweet rifle, the voodoo tactical $2,500 action plus thousand dollar stock. All plus, the like, people to win it. <laughs> The odds were good. Like there, those odds were good. There was a hundred people. That rifle is like what five, six grand, five thousand. Wow. Let's say. Then the lab radar was like, what are those? Like eight hundred bucks, six hundred bucks, yeah. somewhere on there. And then there was a Vortex Tactical uh, uh, Diamondback scope on there. And now those are like five fifty. And I got the scope. Awesome. <laughs> I got the scope. And and Brian Bolivar got the rifle, <laughs> which. Which he immediately put for sale because mm, he is low so class, tall. low class move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I won this amazing thing and I want to sell it right away. Yeah, I won one gun in my life and it's still on my wall in a position of prominence. But just to be fair, like Brian is left handed or shoots left handed. There's nothing fair about being left handed. He's broken. No. It's a birth defect, and he's using that as an excuse to sell a prize. And that's I mean, low class. If if he's gonna shoot a Millsurp, he'd have to shoot it right anyways. He shot Enfields for years. Hmm. Huh. Managed, hey. Yeah, that awesome lady I had out at the range, she was shooting bolt action guns and she's broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Little Dodge. a little bit of this is salt, but I I, I can't be that salty because I got, I want a scope. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't yeah. have a nicer guy. I mean you getting the scope. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Uh yeah, a Vort uh Diamondback Tactical from Bullseye London which is uh, kind of neat because I got it in, I've already got that six to 24. So there was an option to get it in four to 14. I got it in that. And I think that that scope, that quality of optic at four to 14 is, is going to be perfect. What's it going on? Uh, I don't know. I might get the guns like rotate through my house very frequently. Yeah. So, yeah fair like, enough. Yeah. Yeah. No plan. It'll, it'll go on lots of guns. <laughs> <laughs> fair. Uh, one of the other things I've been messing around with is QL, QLS clips. There are the, uh, 
clips you can get from uh, Safari Land to put your holster on. You wouldn't want to do this for Epsec because it adds uh, just over a half an inch to uh, uh, between your belt and the gun, and that might put you over the 50 millimeters. If it doesn't, who cares? But for three gun... So let's back up for a second because yep. it's worth explaining. Um, in IPSC specifically, I'm not sure if it applies to USPSA as well, but in IPSC, the center line of the grip of the handgun and the center line of your um, accoutrements, your, your magazines and your speed loaders, cannot be further away from your body than 50 millimeters. So when he said the 50, that's what he's referring to. So yes, this product pushes your holster too far away from your torso to be IPSC legal. Uh, with some holsters and muffin tops. Yes. Okay. If you've got a great muffin top, you probably don't need You're it. laughing. Yeah. 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 But if you're shaped like McClatchy, you're probably screwed. Yeah. You need it like tucked in a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and I mean like for Ipsic, this is not really an advantage because, uh, doing no, this, ridiculous. taking this with your gun in it and taking it off, uh, it, it disqualifies you in Ipsic. Nope. No. If you take it off the safety table, Just you're... the safety table. Just yeah, that's safety right. Table. Yeah. But okay. actually the rule says don't unholster. You're just removing the gun from the belt with the holster. It's still inside the holster. You'd Can have just to walk around like this. You'd have to <laughs> range. You'd have to range lawyer the hell out of that one. <laughs> you ha- you have to have heard that phrase before. That nope, can't be never. The first time. Never really? heard. Never heard range lawyer before. So stealing it. Oh, that I've I've yeah. So good. That it's page obviously is good. a three gun thing where there's made up rules and you need range lawyers because things aren't mm. definite. No, that's just what they talk about with Ipsic, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, range lawyers get shut down hard in my world. I'm sorry, this uh, this wooden divider around the shooting area is less than uh, two inches uh, above that's the got, ground. I'm afraid two centimeters, that, uh, two centimeters. Two centimeters. I have a range lawyer. Fingers <laughs> is such a range lawyer now that he's an RO that I have to keep a freaking metric measuring tape or a measuring tape in my range bag that I take with me to the stages and I'm, uh, he's got me measuring fault lines now because his <laughs> wife, I'm going to stop and tell this story. I love these people, uh, please. No disrespect. I love these people. They're my family, but she stepped over the fault line. She got a pile of procedurals, right? Mm-hmm. So he's like, I don't think that fault line's legal. Cause you told me I couldn't make them out of strapping and I couldn't make them out of strapping. Cause it wasn't two centimeters high. And the rule book clearly says if it's not two centimeters high, it's not a fault line. Now, if it's not a fault line, then there are no foot faults or no procedurals fine get me a freaking measuring tape before i lose my mind just go get me a tape so we measure it with somebody's leatherman thing that's got a measuring thing on it so i'm like good news dude it's not two centimeters i'm gonna throw away her procedurals i was a range master that day so i throw away her procedurals so i'm like excuse me miss good news you're not getting procedurals however because of all the mics you had you still zeroed the stage (laughs) Made no difference. <laughs> no difference, but no procedurals. Uh, yeah. yeah, range lawyer. Where was I? Oh yeah, QLS clips. Um, yeah, so the, I don't actually want these for the holster. I got these for my um, hot shell caddies. Yeah, shot shell caddies. Yeah, because yeah, who cares about how far away those are from your body? Who like, cares about shot shell caddies? Here's I my do. shot shell caddy right here. It's called Ten Round Magazine. Yeah, with a clip given to me by Mister Gross. Ah, uh, there you go. Good for good for open, but uh, for uh-huh. for the real uh, three gun shooters who uh, quad load and don't uh, don't put them all in clips. You mean the slow guys? Uh, yeah, uh, we need to be able to take shot shell caddies off the front because what you can't bend you can't bend over to pick anything up if you got like a big whack of shot shell carriers in the front. So 
I got a bunch of clips and I'm going to try them out this weekend at this two day match. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see what else I do. I bought a 303. Uh, I don't even know you, if it's a number one or a number four. You didn't buy a 303. I bought a 303. There's a bunch of different Trevor. guns. Jaybird and three. Stop it. No, You're not from New Brunswick. No. I bought a 303. It's a Lee Enfield. That's, that's what they call them in Alberta, too. That's it's what they call them in New Brunswick. <laughs> and a gross is a gross, not a partridge. <sighs> so what kind of gun do you have? I got a 303. When you say that, you sound like a BOC. <laughs> Maybe. Or a redneck. I'm, I'm, I'm quite fight. a redneck. I, I, I don't look like it, but... Uh, oh, you are. Mm-hmm. I met your parents. Yeah. Seen the firm. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Oh, I don't know if you heard me talking on the last episode, but I've been looking around for Ipsic matches. I got nothing around me, you're, man. You're There's... the only person we heard talking on the last episode. Yeah. Well, if you didn't you're listen welcome. to the whole thing, to, to the episode. Of course we did. Know, right? I can't believe I missed that one. Of all the episodes to miss, I love this guy's channel. I love his work. I would have picked his brain. It would have been super annoying. Probably best I was not. I'm sorry I missed it. Yeah, he's a really cool guy. Um, Ipsic matches. There's two this year that are less than a three hour drive from me. And it's not like a three hour drive is like uh, some sort of magic number. It's just, man, like I need a, um, we need an Ipsic club around Edmonton in the worst way. There's a ton of people here. There's just no clubs. That's crazy. Start one. (laughs) Yeah. Just start one. (laughs) Build build it and they will come, man. Yeah. No, we need one. Uh, uh, Yeah. We need, we need one. I've, I've been looking at the level one matches and what was required for it. And those look easy enough to put on, but I don't even, I don't have any, uh, ROs. I don't have any like NROI, uh, uh, ROs around here or match directors. Yeah. Well, I mean the match director. Well, maybe we do actually, maybe I need to get, I need to get some people in Edmonton to like join Chaz and like start up some stuff over there. Cause like, other than that, we got short park, but they're not going to have any Ipsic or, or, uh, dynamic shooting there anytime soon. Uh, Phoenix is good, but they've only got it's, it's a two bay indoor kind of a thing, right? It's too small yeah. for it. Yeah, they're doing indoor just uh, action shooting matches. Air quotes. No, no, they they do like official Ipsic matches as well, just not over the winter. Over the winter, they're just like unofficial pistol matches, right? Just yeah, like, over the winter. That's what I mean. Yeah. 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 Over the summer, they have. I think Same. they had one match Thanks, really yeah. early in the spring. Okay, your biggest challenge is going to be actual um, certified. NROIROs because yes. to to make a, a match official, you, you know, if you want a level two, six stages, eighty rounds. Level two, rounds. level two is like so. I'm I'm so far not going to do that. Really, I, the only thing I could manage would be a level one at this point. Well, you know what? Level one is just sixty rounds. It's only twenty yes. more rounds to go to level two. Sixty round. Anyway, six. Even if it's a level one, it still has to be shot by Ipsic members and still has to be officiated by NROI officials. Correct. Uh, does level one need to be shot by Ipsic members? Uh, you know what? There's conflicting. There's conflicting. Uh, one, the rule book says one thing, and I believe the NROI um, RSO material or range officer material says something else. Hmm. But so, yeah. If Anywho, it's a, yeah, yeah, something I'm thinking, something that's got in the back of my mind right now. Uh, and then I'm prepping for a big two-day uh, Chaz three gun match. We've got our uh, our two-day charity match coming up this weekend. Last year we raised ten grand for the Stollery, and we're going to try to do that again this year. I've uh, one of the things I was actually supposed to pick this up from uh, listener Chad, but I forgot, <laughs> so I had to make one myself. Uh, is a is a dummy to to uh, drag around the range. How do you forget to pick up a humanoid-sized dummy? <laughs> <laughs> like that's your ticket to the carpool lane. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just need to, to throw it. Out. I, I want to. I want to pull up some pictures here and share it, just because. Uh, yeah, share because it's I'm creepy sure listeners, as all heck. Oh yeah, I've been scaring my like wife and kids with it like all. all I worked week. with creepier. How's this? Oh, that's pretty bad. Oh, Kelly, you got one that's creepier. Uh, oh, I, I've worked with creepier. The last, oh yeah, last for TV sure. Show yeah. I did was I had a dissolved body. It was great. Look at that. This is this is a pure uh, construction from Value Village. So it's all just like this is a five dollars factory second head where the eyes aren't even looking at the same thing. <laughs> I know a guy like that. When he's standing in front of you, you don't know which eye to look at. You better figure it out because he's big and looks like a biker. Oh, this guy's pretty big. <laughs> wow. He's an he's a quadriplegic or a quad quad amputee. What's going yes. on? He's yes. Well, no, I just needed to like stuff the uh, stuff some. I, I put a bunch of old clothes in it. It's you thirty pounds. Sew boots on, boots and gloves on, and then stuff it. I was thinking about putting little like doll hands on the ends. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> tiny hands! My mother told yeah. me to marry a woman with small hands. I don't know why. <sighs> yeah. Anyways, that's that's the kind of fun stuff we're up to. We're uh, looking at uh, yeah, looking forward to this uh, this match coming up this weekend. Crazy. Anything that's else? All, that's it for me. All right, Kelly, what have you been up to? And welcome back, by the way, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. No, uh, I'm, I'm going to go from at least the last time Kelly was on. So Fair. Give, give me give me the two weeks. So in the last two weeks, I just wrapped a I just wrapped a TV show or well, movie, I guess, um, where I got to play armor. I know I was teasing you with some photos. Yeah, um, that was fun. Oh, God, it was good times. But uh, yeah, we just just wrapped. And then I immediately went into I miss the range haven't been to the range in forever. I'm going to take a bunch of people there inside of like three days. I went and I was at the range three times, which for a range being an hour away is no small feat. Um, Oof, yeah, driving. yeah, it was a lot of a lot of driving. And like for the first two times, it was taking, again, new people or relatively new people. Um, which is the thing that I do a lot because I encounter a lot of people on set who are like, I've never shot a gun before. Can you make that happen? And my answer is always yes, but you have to spend an hour both ways listening to me drone on about the unfairness of our laws. So that's the balance. So um, <laughs> Sounds about right. Is, yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is fair. Um, but the, the one person I got to take was actually, he's actually a friend of a group of friends of mine. He's French and he came out last year to visit them and we all went shooting. And he, I guess he, he came back uh, this year to visit them again. And there was like two things he wanted to do. Costco poutine and go shoot guns. And so they facilitated <laughs> the first one. Super Canadian. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Yes. Costco poutine. Yep. Yep. You don't it's even say it right. Oh, my God. Now I, I live on the West Coast. I say it how I want. Uh, which is incorrect. That's fine. Oh, that's, you... that's, that's, I, I we invented say... the stuff. All right. Don't tell me how to say it. I tell you how to say it. But Costco. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. You wanted Costco poutine? It's actually really good. Have you ever had it? Dude. So you don't get it. to speak about it if you haven't had it. No, no. Oh, it's, it's, please. It's, it's pretty entertaining. You have yeah, I didn't know. You've been out here. You should try That's it. Nice. Anyway. I'll be out next year. I'll see you okay, again. Okay, great. I'll see we'll you again. Go hit up the Costco for some poutine. Perfect. Um, but yeah, so he wanted that. They facilitated that, and they were like, uh, he wants to go shoot guns again. And he was actually really good the first time. So I took them out uh and we went and shot again, and it was it was hilarious. Like um, he picked up the AR-15 and shot it like he'd been doing it for years. He'd handled one once before in his life. He put everybody else that was there to shame because those friends, have, you know, I take shooting every couple of months. And um, yeah, put them all to shame. It was a good time. Um, and then uh, the third day I got to go shoot guns 
for myself and just sort of let some lead fly and, you know, desecrated a couple of old scripts and uh, had some fun. Did that, transferred a whole bunch of guns, played gun broker for a couple of, uh, for my assistant on the last show because he wanted to get a whole bunch of things and didn't really know how. So inside of a week and a half, I facilitated him buying like four new guns, which was good transferred uh transferred the parents a couple of my ars um so that they were both covered and hilariously my dad didn't have any pistols so i transferred him one of mine because i had a, a ton of them so just again just in case but yep. my uh my dad ended yeah. up with the uh i i ran out of i only have two ars left after i ended up transferring a couple to my parents and i i ran out of actual guns they sent my mom a gun um, and, uh, yeah, well, I, I gave her one of my actual rifles and I was like, oh, I, then I only have one. And I, I don't, I, I like Tell letting... us what you bought. Well, no, no, I didn't. No, 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 no. I, oh, what really? I did was I gave my, my father, my treasured AR 15 receiver, CCFR receiver, which, oh, my God. yeah. So I, I told him, I was like, look, I will get this back regardless of what happens ban wise or not i will get this back because he, he like he called me he's like what do i do like I, i'd like to get a receiver you know just in case and i was and he's like what what should i be doing and i was like you should have been bought it buying one two weeks ago so yeah because so, yeah like, so I, good luck basically so i sent him one and i will be getting it back um yeah no i actually i haven't i haven't bought anything for myself in like three or four months i've been yeah, I'm going on some trips this year, so I've been pouring all of my gun money into that. I've been living vicariously through friends who I'm gun brokering for. So uh, um, I ended up buying another Scorpion Evo for uh, the one friend. and Another? Yeah, another, yeah, like mine, but nicer. Well, Why is it nicer? What's the difference? Uh, the guy, it was, it was used, the guy that had uh, done it, he changed out the grip. He changed out the trigger. There's a couple other things that I'm going to do to mine now. I didn't think those were things you could do. Yeah. Do they yeah, take like mil spec grips? Um, no. There's again other proprietary grips, but the grip's so much nicer than mine. So I've got to buy two because I've got better angle. Different. Yeah, it's better angle. It's a. It's not. Yes, quite... That's one of the things, man. It's yeah, I know. That I know. Ruger esque angle. Yeah, it does. And when I picked up when it's like basically he didn't have any rating on CGN and. Uh, I do. And he was like, can, can you buy this? So it's like, yeah, sure. That's how you get your rating. You buy. I'm aware, but he didn't want to, he didn't, he didn't want to go through the trouble of like the week of set. Cause like, if you oh, don't, if you, I know, I know. But if you don't like to get onto like the equipment exchange can take a couple oh, of days. That, right? that like, part is a pain. Not only it does he not have a yeah. rating, he doesn't have access. No, I, he only Man. found out, uh, found out about the damn thing when I like, when I told him, Oh, you need to start buying some firearms. Yeah. Dude, and, I'm done uh, even trying to walk people through getting on there. Oh yeah, no, and I didn't. I didn't have time to bother. And he's like, "Can you just, can you just get yeah, this for me?" So I was like, yeah, "Yeah, sure." So I did, um, and I got it. So I ended up in my hands for a couple of days, and I was like, "Oh, oh, this is nicer." And the trigger is just a little bit nicer. So a couple of things I've got to do to both of mine now. Um, oh, thank you for the uh, the sights thing for my uh, GSG. The uh, like a Dawson. couple of months, the Dawson months. Yes, yes, yeah. that did solve my problem. Ha! Although I think. I I think my Dremel would have solved the problem too. Was it not hitting where it should? No, it's better yeah. when people say I'm right, but I don't even remember any of this. So well, actually, just... to be fair, wasn't I, me. Damn it! You sent you sent an email, but I think Adriel actually gave me the information on that. Uh, so yeah, I don't know if it was you or if it was Adriel. One of the sites are so good on the GS. Oh yeah, yeah. No, well, I really yeah. like the gun, and because I take a lot of new people shooting, like I said, Perfect that's gun. This perfect mm-hmm. gun, right? That was why I bought it. I with a flat mainspring. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't care less for myself, but 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, for, for new shooters, it's a nice first handgun to put in their hand without a whole lot of worry. So I had one years ago and, um, now that I'm like a 1911 fanboy, I'd like to get one back because you know, it's better than dry fire, right? Yep. I can put matching sights on it. Exact same sights I have on my, my uh, Dan West and my STI and I go to the range and just do a whole bunch of drills with room fire. And yeah. you can use the same holster and man Hell yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's the part I like. Same is... trigger bow. Ooh. Yeah. So if it comes to the medium, whatever, throw it in the garbage, get a get a short reach, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're great. Uh, I like it. I don't shoot it a lot for myself, but I just I got tired of it being inaccurate for people that wanted to like actually play with it. So Yeah, so you sorted it good. Yeah, sorted that. Uh, sent parents guns. I I think that's. Oh, I I did the first like sort of maple seed shooty thing I've done in like six months, and wow, was I rusty. So some practice is needed there too before uh, the end of June when Kelly comes out here and I shoot a maple seed and don't get my rifleman patch again. No, so, no, stop it. No, I got mine last time. I can do it again. I just it was I, I like and even like looking at where I was shooting at Christmas time because like I, I did a couple of, of of shoots of the the challenges like November December and I was quite good and I was quite confident that my goodness would have carried over the six months I had shot that <laughs> rifle. My goodness, yes. My my ingrained skill set will carry me through. Uh, yeah, yeah, that didn't happen. I'm yeah. going on Saturday. I don't know if I mentioned that they're at uh, Mini Me's Club in Woodstock, and so I will. Uh, you know, I should be home. Saving money, making yep. ammo, yep. working at the range. But instead, I'm like, screw this. I'm going to Woodstock. I'm bringing my both my 597 and my 1022. I'm going to set up two slings, one for standing, one for prone, because that going back and forth stuff for suckers. And um, I'm after you, Adriel. I'm coming gaming. for you, big guy. You're gaming. Oh, gaming <laughs> hard, brother. Oh, I'm coming for you. I got match ammo. I got a match mindset and a, and, and a, and a vengeful attitude. How disappointing Good. will it be if you don't? If you no one expects me to, so it no. won't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, and I also, uh, so part of, I, I also blame part of why I did poorly there is because I was really, really rushing. I had snuck away from work that day because we were actually filming like 10 minutes from my range. And I was like, hmm, today's the day I bring a gun and go to work with it. Yeah. But yeah. And then, you know, sneak away for a couple of hours. So that was why I was rushing. So, yeah. Anyways, that's uh, that's it. I think that's all I did gun-wise. Cool. Yeah. All right. Where's that bring us along to then? Upcoming events. Um, Adriel, are there any three-gun things we need to know about? Yeah, I'll just do all the ones in June. We'll just do one. Give her. Uh, Smith Files is going to have a match on June 7th. So if you're in Ontario, go check that one out. It's on practice score. Battle of Alberta is this weekend. It's totally sold out. Uh, Wild West is having a three-gun match at the Rocky Rod and Gun Club in Rocky Mountain House, uh, which is kind of like Western Central Alberta. Uh, Mavericks Multigun will be having a June match at the Abbotsford Fish and Game Club. In uh, um, That'll be on June 15th. Oh, wait, wait. That's when? June 15th? June 15th, yep. And then that's Mavericks. And that's also on practice score. Uh, Northwest 3-Gun will have a 3-Gun match on June 16th at Smithers. Uh Mighty Peace 3-Gun will have one June 22nd at Grand Prairie. Lakeland will have one June 22nd in Cold Lake. Valcarche is going to have one of their matches on June 22nd. So if you're in Quebec, that's your match. Uh, BTSA will be having a major match June 30th uh, as well. So uh, basically, if you're in Alberta, you can go to a match every single weekend. No problem at all. Awesome. Uh, 
that's it. That's there's nothing else. If you have any upcoming events that you would like us to announce on the show, by all means, please email them to slamfireradio at gmail.com and uh, someone um, other than me will read them. So it'll be good. Uh, news. I'm looking at these items, Adriel, and I see some of them are is the first one. The only one that's repeated is C71. I wanted to leave it in there just in case there was gotcha. anything new All this right. week. I haven't really seen anything new. So let me just let me just show you what we do with that because you're looking at it. This is what we do. Oh, it's italics now. I will skip right over it. We have a program. Okay. I need you to work with us, All right. not against mm-hmm. us. Follow, follow the established routines. Bold it? No, don't bold it. Put it in Ital- yellow. No, don't put it in yellow. That draws attention to italicize. We skip. Italicize. Okay. How about this next one, though? That's a you thing. You yellowed it. Why would you? <laughs> I'll fix the notes. You talk. Tell about the CSSA quitting. Uh, CSSA is uh, uh, suspending their lawsuit to on the on the ten twenty two magazines. Quitters. So, uh, in the letter, it says in twenty sixteen, RCMP declared that large mags for the ten twenty two had been uh, prohibited devices. Um, I'm just going to summarize this. Uh, no, nope, take your shoot. time. Read the whole thing in detail because oh. I need to get up and get beer. Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, CSSA uh, signaled their intent to challenge this. They started taking money for it. After announcing our intent to challenge the RCMP decision, we began to put together a team of subject matter experts, lawyers, and of course, to amass all the data that would support our position. We recognized from the beginning that a volunteer-driven organization challenging the gargantuan federal government, our case had to be factual and airtight to avoid a prolonged fight. Blah, blah, blah. Over a number of months, we have made repeated attempts to, in a variety of formats, to obtain this essential information. And to date, we're not much farther ahead than when we started. Therefore, as all indications that there would be no change to the situation in the end, uh, near or midterm, uh, they're, yeah, they're quitting the lawsuit. I'm not going to read this whole thing. If you'd like a refund, if you funded this and you want a refund, uh, email them because otherwise they're going to use it for something else. They're not going to use it for the 1022 fight. That's the most important thing, guys. If you contributed to this uh, class action, is it a class action? Is that an American thing? Whatever. If you contributed to this legal action that the CSSA was going to do on your behalf, they will give you a refund, ask for your money back, unless you would just like to roll it into a donation. And that's cool. You could do that if you support the CSSA. Um, but if you want your money back, you can get it back. Which is, kind of, which is cool of them to do, yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's it's uh, well, it's not even a question of cool. It's a question of like legalities and ethics, maybe. I don't know. Kelly, you were going to say something? Yeah, I, I'd really like to know what essential information they didn't get. I got that information from a phone call to Butler Creek. Like, what? It's, no, yeah, I did. Right when this happened, I was I was, I, in, I was in office one day. I was I was I was pissed, so I call, I called, and it wasn't it was like the the parent company, whoever owns Butler Creek. I ended up having yeah. to get in touch with them. It was like three phone yeah. calls later. Yeah, it's like, can you guys get me a catalog that shows the sale of these magazines before the manufacturing date of the Charger pistol? Yeah, no problem. And wow. like, it wasn't that complicated. I was like, that's all you need. You just need proof Dude. that they were designed beforehand. But like, and quantities. Good. Yeah. How so? If you read the most recent version of Special Bolts number seventy-two, right? They don't talk about twenty-five round mags anymore. They talk about the BDX. No, no. They talk about it's good for us. Oh, they talk about the BDX specifically because mm-hmm. the BDX is manufactured by Ruger right. and the BDX is, is marketed by Ruger for both. The Butler right. Creek is never, if you pick up a Butler Creek package, I've never seen one that says charger pistol. No, 
I only see 1022 rifle on it. Yep. So they seem to have backed off recently on the bulletin to talk specifically about the BDX. Before they did this, I called Ruger in the first week this hit the news. I called them up and like, hey, I'm a Canuck, and this is a thing that's happening. Maybe you know, maybe you don't know. Anyway, I can find out when that magazine was produced, when the Ruger uh, Charger was produced, and how many of those magazines marketed to both the Charger and the 1022 rifle are in Canada. How many did you ship to Canada? She she no pfft, no way no way no how you will never find that out. There's just there's no way of telling. She said, yeah, which is unfortunate because that's the number we need. So was well, she that's, blowing that's me off? That's the number that a, a a class action. So when you, when you do a class action lawsuit, you need to give the lawyer a number so they can expect a certain win like winnings yeah. from this, right? Yeah, right. They they process that process that into their risk calculation on whether to take it or not. Because if you say like, "Hey, there's these BX, there's these mags in Canada. There's there's a hundred of them, and you'll probably get a fresh ten, like a crisp ten dollar bill for each one of those." When we sue these guys, they were not going to want to touch it. But if you say that there's a million of them, yeah, well now it's different, right? That's right. Yeah. All right, um, Adriel, the next one, please. Yes, which, the next one pains me a little bit. I'm actually going to do some shopping while you read it. Uh, well, you'd still find them in Canada. So this this is uh, from Iron Guns, and they're saying uh, the export of high capacity magazines over thirty two rounds is now prohibited. And this is specific to the U.S. Uh, so this was released to us last week from the U.S. State Department, and they are enforcing enforcing Section thirty eight of the AECA, which I don't know what that is, but uh, dear Carolyn, uh, thank you for your email regarding DDTC provisios to restrict certain pinned magazines. We understand that pinning magazines is an acceptable practice in most instances and wanted to give you additional guidance for submitting these cases going forward. DDTC is not against the pinning of magazines that you have in capacity of 32 rounds or below, uh, but uh, basically above, and you can't export them uh, pinned or not, unless you're selling them to government, so not to uh, private citizens. Oh, so no more pinned beta mags or the 40-round AR mags. Or the D60s like or any of that right. kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this isn't just for the Glock stick. No, no. I have a bunch of those. Uh, you want to sell me some? No. No. <laughs> Price just went up. <laughs> i tell you what. One time I, I bought some for like $30 and sold them for 100 Sounds about right. Yeah. But uh, the reason why I want them now is for my PCC. Yep. My FX9 is in Glock mag configuration. And man, you just you hold it on your shoulder while you're moving. You don't even take it down. You just slam a big stick into it. and oh, So much better. Yeah, I want one of those guns. That's why I bought the mags. I I, uh, I have the sub two thousand, so like I can justify it. But yeah, um, but yeah, I actually want an FX nine. It's on my Christmas list. So yeah, get rid of the sub two thousand. <laughs> it has That's, a place. It's got a place. Its place is on the for sale section. Oh. <laughs> no, it's backpacking. It's like taking it's a backpacking the gun. Yeah, it. it's so sweet. It is. That's it though. That's it. Yeah, that's the only purpose. It's just when I want to like go quadding out of my parents' island, I can just fold it up, throw it in the backpack. Five ninety flex takedown done. Tell me I'm wrong. All right. I mean, I'm not gonna fight with you. Oh yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> that's part of the fun. <laughs> <laughs> Look, well, I. How about the fact that I already own the sub? The the money is already invested in that, and you know, millimeters fun. How about the fact I that I hate Caltech? Is that factor in? That's that's totally justifiable. You know what? I don't like them either. I do not own any other of their products at okay. all. I'm not a I'm not a Caltech fanboy. I've been trying. People have tried to hawk me other Caltechs, and I'm like, no, 
No, no. good. Even yeah. Rod, Rod tried to sell me on something, and really? I know for I know That's for a funny because he likes you, like he's a friend. Wow, <laughs> I know. I How would he do that? And, yeah, and, friends and don't let friends you, buy Keltex. That reminds me, so, I sold it, one to Owen once. It's so funny. He uh, the the one that he was all excited about. I know for a fact he had to send in for warranty work. So, <laughs> so yeah. I started with the sub two thousand, or did I? At one time, I owned all three at the same time. The sub two thousand, the SU sixteen, and the KSG. I got one of the first fifty KSGs in Canada. God, I would say the worst out of that group, or the one that that will fail, is the SU sixteen. That's oh, the only oh. one where you're going to yep. put a few thousand rounds through it. It will fail. The receiver yep. will break on you. Hundred percent. Yep. Hundred yeah. percent. You take a steel barrel and you stick it into a molded plastic receiver. What was I thinking? Well, I knew nothing. It was my first year in guns. Uh, the 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 gunsmith that works for our um, the armory company that we do business with business with Craig. You've seen him. He's made a couple of things. If you've seen like weird guns that have popped up in Canada, odds are he made one. He he made it. Right. The, uh, right. That that uh, NATO firing SKS. He milled that by hand. That was him. Um, he was showing me. He showed me his uh, uh, his SUC uh, SU sixteen that he milled uh, like aluminum milled. He's like, yeah, put three hundred hours worth of work into it, so it's worth a couple of grand. But um, but no one will pay me for it because no one will pay me for it. It's yeah, not, it's not worth it. But it it's not going to break. I was like, oh, right, exactly. Yeah, awesome. it might hold yeah. zero too. Yeah, Adriel Marstar, what's going on? They they've turned into one of those companies. They changed. Yeah, the employees bought it. They put up a new website. They did some stuff. Ooh. <laughs> okay, awesome. Um, Marstar, man, Marstar. very good. They like Marstar um, for a while there. Like the uh, the Garands. The Garands were probably the worst thing. They they brought some Garands in and they were horrible. The bolts were uh, dangerous. They were shearing lugs and they were very expensive. And uh, bringing them a in couple is of one other thing. things. Bringing the, them in is one thing. Anybody can get screwed, but bringing them in wasn't bad. Putting them on the market was bad. And sticking by the yeah. yeah. Anyways, so uh, effective January first, twenty nineteen, the company is now under the ownership of a group of its employees. Uh, they hope the transition seamless for our customers. Looking forward to new and interesting products for the Canadian market. Blah, blah, blah. They got a new website and it's not as bad as the last one, but it still needs some work on categories and that kind of thing. Right. And saying it's not as bad as the last one is really meaningless because the, the that last one was just, it was the worst gun store website in the country. Listen. Don't make fun of middle school projects like that. <laughs> a lot of a lot of fourteen year olds put a lot of time into that. No, no I'm I just saying. Made you know, a nicer website. When well, I was fourteen. I I don't know. All joking aside, truth be told, I didn't find it was a bad site. But what I know, I mean, I'm not I'm not Bill Gates. Um, is John's vault still part of it, or is he like completely out of the picture now? And like, because there used to be a section called John's Vault where John would sell stuff out of his own private collection. Uh, I would no. There's still a John's Volt. Look at oh, that. Oh, cool. All right, there you go. Okay, it's coming to, soon. <laughs> <laughs> on to the Alberta Tactical Rifle Supply. What's going on there? Oh yeah, uh, Jason just put this in the uh, in the YouTube chat there. Uh, Jason Felt mentioned that ATRS will have prohibs for rent and to borrow at the charity shoot. Uh, so there might be some volados. There might be some little short pistol prohibs. There might be all sorts of weird well, stuff. Okay, well, it says waiting on CFO approval, so for we don't full need full auto, right? We don't need anybody's permission for for a prohib pistol. So, right. if they're waiting on CFO approval, that excites me. That means there's something cool coming to the range. I've be amazing. 
I've I've wanted to bug a couple of the guys. There's there's two indoor ranges here, and I've wanted to bug them about trying to see if we can't get the CFO to let us do because like the ranges are okay are approved for it for like for like purposes for law enforcement and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's a couple of us that have prohib licenses, and I've been like, why couldn't we get something like that approved for rentals? You know, that'd be huge. Yeah, I mean, let people play with a lot of their controlled setting in Canada. There are gun ranges that have prohib rifles, you know, there that you can shoot, like you can shoot a Tommy gun, you can shoot an FNFAL. Um, but yeah, if you, I've never seen the ability to no, but, but people own them. Yeah. So yeah. people own them. Why can't we, you know, play with them? Yeah. Now that being said, um, I believe if you have a museum license, it's almost like a carte blanche. You can have suppressors. You can have full auto. And I also believe, and if someone knows different, please, I don't mind being corrected. I believe you can also go shoot them hmm. for like hmm. testing. Like if you gunsmith it and want to make sure it works, you can take it to the range and shoot it. So there yeah. are people in Canada, if I am correct, shooting full auto legally. But I think it's such a hot button topic in Canada being Canada. You're never seeing it on YouTube, you know, because, wow, yeah. things would blow up, right? Well, anyways, we're going to have some fun stuff at uh, at the charity <laughs> yep, shoot. That would be cool. Yep. New gun stuff, Adriel. Yeah, let me share my screen because, oh, look oh, at I know. that. Oh. I was seriously thinking, and I'm still seriously thinking about buying one of these You're not going to, yeah, well, first of all, you won't get one. They're all going to be pre-sold, and they're going to be so stupidly priced. The uh, number, they're not, no. Okay, what's, what's stupidly priced? Five grand. Oh, six. Six. Six, there you go. <laughs> but uh, even what is worse. Six, six grand doesn't just get you the pistol. Six grand gets you the pistol with uh two sight rails and uh red dot. And let's back up. Let's back up and say what this is. Okay. Uh yes, and, thank you. And I have some very interesting insight about this. This is the Laugo Arms Alien. Alien. And I'll do it again. <laughs> and Tactical Imports me- is bringing them in. There's no handgun that makes me purr like Chewbacca like this one. Oh, so Tackle Imports got it. Interesting. Tackle Imports is bringing them in, and okay. I think they still have a couple to buy. So here's the look cool thing. Oh, look at that! 20. They still have got a couple. Are you going to drop six grand on this? Okay, so is this six, this isn't a six grand pistol. This is a six grand pistol that comes with uh, a red dot. What was that? A Seymour red yeah, dot. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Optic, not optic ready. There's the sight rail right there gotcha. with the optic yeah. on it. Rail or and optic. Irons. And do you know why? Because it's six grand. No. Do you know why it comes with that? Because this gun is approved for production and therefore production optics. Production optics. Hmm. Now. And it's got a magwell just in case you want to like go run three gun with it. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. How is this? What's the action on this gun? Uh, uh-huh. It's single action ish. Ish. But apparently that it the way they got it, they still got it through for Ipsic to be right. production. Yep. But I mean, so there's striker fire guns that are production, right? Mm-hmm. So this isn't like a double action, single action. It's not a striker fired. The hammer is actually up top yep. and drops down. Mm-hmm. The hammer is not in the back, which is part of why it has such a stupid low bore axis. It's it's the most innovative design next to the Hudson that there is. Yes. And they're well, and these guys are actually producing them and starting to get them up there. Very cool. Yeah. The alien. You gotta if you're listening and you're into cool, cool high tech pistols, 
Google this thing, put a link in the show notes, Adriel. Like this is the coolest out of the box design we've ever seen. Yes. Especially uh, anytime recently. Yeah. So definitely. So for the listeners that are familiar with the Smith and Wesson 422, what makes the 422 cool is the sights on the slide don't move. There's just like a bolt goes back and forth. A lot of 22 rimfire pistols are like that, right? The sights don't move. There's not a slide that reciprocates. So this is a nine millimeter pistol. It's not an island barrel where the front sight is on the island. Both the front sight and the rear sight are on a rail and the slide reciprocates under that rail so none of the sights move in theory you're supposed to be able to track your sights faster through your sight pitcher while shooting that's not a thing it's more about reciprocating mass and and felt recoil but yeah you can see the hammer there and that picture that you're showing right now adriel if you yeah. look at the rail the hair that's the hammer right there the hammer is actually attached to that top rail the slide reciprocates cocks the hammer and then drops the hammer but both your the coolest thing about this pistol the front sight and the rear sight are non-reciprocating. Isn't it they, gas delayed as well? It's gas delayed blowback. Or it's it's sorry, gas delayed recoil. I'm I'm sure that's what, what's going on with this second with uh, the dual recoil. Right, that's interesting. That, I, I think that, that I think it's gas delayed because that's the same as uh, oh, one of my buddies had one of those Chinese pistols that was also gas delayed blowback. You can use a lighter slide because you're using the gas pressure to keep the slide locked for a little bit longer. And then when it finally starts going back, it doesn't have as much power in it. So you can use a lighter slide. So not direct blowback, not direct. Need to read up on whatever the thing is. Yeah. So, so for the listeners like this, it looks like a high end pistol, like a CZ shadow two or a 10 Foglio stock two or stock three extreme. But no, it's even it's even cooler and different. And if it's reliable, doesn't break, it's gonna take over, man. Well, it's pretty expensive, so it is. <laughs> it is. That. It is. But you know, Ipsic shooters yeah. are—they don't care. Yes. You got guys walking around with literally ten thousand dollar open pistols in their holsters. So whatever, man. This is half price for the coolest production pistol. I was talking with some guys bef- um, just before the show here about, about this alien. And uh, and what a what a mockery of production <laughs> it makes because production the original idea with production is like they're they're cop or military pistols and <laughs> you've no, got you know a what six you know thousand dollar pistol here you know what makes a mockery of production the rules that govern production that's where the mockery yes. is yes they are building guns to meet the rules yes yep anyways All right. here's that what else? thing uh this next one here uh this is kind of cool so if you're looking to pimp out your glock western metal is bringing in lone wolf uh stuff now uh which is neat so if you're looking for right now they have a bunch of conversion barrels and conversion slides and that kind of thing so if you have a a glock 40 and a while back the glock 40s were really cheap you could get a police trading glock 40 for 300 bucks you could slap one of these uh, uh, slide and barrels on and have a nine mil. Not even block. a slide. No, no, dude. Just I had barrel. a I had a lone wolf forty to nine barrel. So I take my Glock thirty five, which is typically a thirty five or a forty caliber pistol. I would drop the forty to nine conversion barrel in that gun. Use my forty mags, which would then hold like twelve rounds of nine mil, and shoot that. Yep. Direct drop in, milled to fit the opening in the slide. Perfect, wonderful product. And now they're in Canada, which is kind of cool. 
Excellent. Uh, this next one, uh, Calgary Shooting Center, they have these Armaspec Stealth Recoil Systems. These are kind of like the JP, but they're not. I think, I'm pretty sure the JPs are a lot more expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, these mm-hmm. ones are these are 95 bucks each. Oh god. I think I think that um, you know uh, Ian and uh, oh, what's who's the guy on in range there? Carl. Uh, Carl. Uh, they the, talked about the the, what would uh, what would Stoner do? Stoner do, yeah. And in that build, they used a captive recoil spring, of course, because they're, of they're course. better. But yeah. that hadn't really been a thing that a lot of people talk about. And I'm starting to see a lot more availability of this kind of stuff now. I, I like maybe maybe they kind of push that a little bit forward because like maybe. who had them before? JP, and that's it. Yeah. How many? How often would you see one of these things in a rifle? Almost never. Well, yeah. Captain Andy put one in a stag ten. Yeah, yeah. Stag ten's recent though. Yeah, but you know they've been out for air ten for a long time. Is what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. So, um, cool. Uh, so the ATRS guys had one of these in his. In his what's rifle, the right? weights like? Like, it, so my my ATRS build is going to be like stupid light, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, do I want one of these as opposed to a traditional system? Uh do, do or you even JP care about the sound of the? No, nope, I care screen? about the weight. I want to build the lightest thing I can. I don't know. I don't three know. ounce, three point three. Uh, okay, I think these are the, the that's the buffer weight, though, isn't it? Yeah, maybe not. The, the total. Yeah, equivalent. Yeah, they're talking okay. about equivalents here for, for right. buffer weights. That's not the same thing. Gotcha. Okay, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, like the weight is pretty far back. Like that's in the butt anyway. So who cares yeah. about it? But uh, well, when you're running with it, eighty yeah. meters, you know. <laughs> Still gonna go with that, eh? Wait till you see. Wait till you see the video of this match. I don't. I won't even watch it. Dragging a dummy and shooting at the same time. (laughs) Stupid. Yeah. What else? Uh, Wolverine Supplies is blowing out their uh, Turkish Magfed shotgun. So they've got a bunch of these UTAS uh, XTRs, and uh, they're selling for half price. So these are similar to like a Daria Mark 12 or like a Daria or something like that. Daria, whatever. What? Look at the price on these. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. 500 bucks. They look great. They look like an air style magazine fed semi mag shotgun. Yep. Wonder if they'll run those mags. The pump mags? Probably. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Because I have a Daria 10 round pin to five mag for my Typhoon and it works. So. Yeah. But they're UTAS, right? Mm-hmm. UTAS. Yeah, know. whatever. Yeah. Cool. All right. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so on to the main topic. All right. Time for the main topic. And the main topic is, once again, Tracy Wilson. Welcome back to Slamfire Radio. Hello. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. So you did a thing. We did a thing. Yeah. <laughs> this <laughs> has been absolutely crazy. Uh, the whole thing is ruined now because I see Jack on the chair behind you and I'm completely distracted. So for the listeners who don't know, Jack is like the second coolest cat in the world after Steve. And he's actually hanging out on the back of her chair during the interview. I love that cat. He stays there all the time and I can move around like this for those who might be watching live. I can just do whatever I want. He stays there. Yeah. When he's not dominating Colin. No, when he's not sitting on Colin's face, he's usually <laughs> on the back of my chair. Yeah, awesome. Okay, <laughs> sorry, sorry, rabbit hole. Um, it's not like anybody didn't expect uh, a squirrel moment from Slamfire, but hey, I saw a cat. All right, Tracy, you did a thing. Our fourth annual CCFR AGM just took place back in Cowtown. Unfortunately, because I work for communists, I was unable to attend. Um, broke my heart. But anyway, tell me all about it. Let's start off with, um, you know, okay, you just jump in, tell me about it, and then I got some questions for you. 
Okay, so we had the CCFR AGM, for it. and it was awesome. About 200 people showed up. Yep. We were 200? in Alberta. 200 people. 200 crazy. The dinner was super fun. Um, we had uh, Michelle Rempel guest speak, as well as Ryan Slingerland. So he's the young lad out of Alberta, the teenager. He was like 15 oh, when yeah. he started it. But, yeah, he's got the petition against C-71. And still to this day, or, well, I'm not 100% sure, but at the time of the petition closing, it was Canada's second most signed parliamentary e-petition in history. By a 15-year-old. So, by a 15-year-old kid, yeah. So for me, you know, being a mom of two girls, one's a teenager, it really means a lot to me and I think to the rest of Canadian gun owners to see these young people taking, um, you know, taking the bull by the horns and taking an active role in advocacy. So Ryan came, he's 16 now, so he could drive a car there and everything, which was awesome. I put him up in a hotel, so I think he loved that, having his own hotel room. Um, his folks couldn't come, unfortunately, but, but that's okay. We took great care of him. He did an amazing job and best of all he shows up and the kid is like styling he's got like this amazing like rod shirt on better than rod so oh, you're like he makes yeah, the rod shirt like, look better than rod that's awesome totally we're like you're the new rod that's it and he had a cool blazer on he did an awesome job i know um we had coat of arms tv there all weekend recording so mm -hmm. there'll be some video coming out about ryan but just a really nice polite sweet awesome kid and he did an amazing job um the agm banquet was sponsored by nanook and mm -hmm. nanook as, as always is just amazing they sent us uh, two of the great big rifle cases to give away to you know randomly to two people that were there and alberta tactical rifle set up this cool display so it was pretty oh. neat we got to see all their funky rifles so there was a lot of rifle fondling and pictures of Michelle holding them and all that. Amazing. What was really neat, this was the whole highlight for me, was we have heard out of um, OLO, so the opposition leader's office, Andrew Shear's office, that they have pledged to repeal C-71 should they win the election in October. We already knew that. But what we were having trouble confirming publicly, I mean, I, I had it on advice, but I need it that I can put it out there, was confirmation from Andrew Shear that should they win the election in October, 2019, that they will also repeal any bans that come down through OIC between now and then. That's very important. Be, like, that's almost more important to me than C-71, right? So mm -hmm. um, Michelle worked uh, hard, well, it wasn't a whole lot of work, but she worked with OLO on the messaging on that, and she gave an exclusive to Coat of Arms where she absolutely confirmed 100%, no matter what they try and ban through OIC, should they go that route between now and the election, it will also be reversed along with C-71. So that's kind of a big deal. Like we, we really needed that confirmation, right? Yep, definitely. Yeah. And she was right off the heels of her wedding, of course, which was of the course. weekend before in beautiful yep. Calgary. Mm -hmm. So we had a great time with Michelle and Jeff at the wedding and spent Sunday up in Banff and Lake Louise doing all that touristy stuff. And yeah, the whole thing was great. So we've got some new directors. Yeah, let's move on to the less exciting stuff, the business meeting, and okay. um, tell us who's returning and who's new. Yeah, so um, Tyler Larison's got another year left in Alberta, and he is joined by the one and only Richard Bone. So no that's way. Really good. Yeah, Bone is Director Bone now, so we're going to call him that, Director Bone. So that that's super fun. <laughs> Director um, Dick. Yeah, <laughs> Director Dick Bone. Get boned. Okay. Don't get crazy. <laughs> calm, calm down. <laughs> Everybody calm down. Um, Saskatchewan, sadly, had no 
candidates nominated. So Saskatchewan, I guess we're going to uh, have to have share to the workload between Manitoba and Alberta. So. Do we have to wait two years? No, we can do it again next year since nobody ran. So okay. yeah, we'll do it again next year. Um, Manitoba's got another year left with Terry Cherche, so he's staying on. And then Ontario is the, is the super exciting one. So Ontario was the only province with an actual race, right? We had a little bit of a battle of Ontario going on between Dave Partnan um, mm -hmm. and Kelly Kincaid, who's the Ontario Provincial Coordinator. Uh, so Gord, Gord was down. He wasn't going to run again due to work reasons. Jamie Elliott staying on for another year. And Dave snuck past Kelly with a 60-40 vote split. So congratulations to Dave Partnan for the win. And Quebec welcomes back Sandro Abali. So he uh, ran unopposed, so he was um, acclaimed. And Etienne Tremblay has one more year. Now, here, here's what you want to know, Trevor. Are you still alone out in the Maritimes? The good news <laughs> is you are not. Excellent. You are not. I know you've been alone for, for years. So, um, thankfully, you've got a new Nova Scotia director called Randy McDonald. So, a McDonald from Nova Scotia? That's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> impossible <laughs> <That's Preposterous>. awesome. <laughs> yeah so so that's great so we've got a lot of new faces we've got some uh, guys remaining on and we lost a few guys that were moving on to other things they're still going to stay with the organization but of course work uh work keeps getting in the way of this stuff so silly work i know i know and i don't know if i can just keep going but yeah, yeah. I'm, give her i'm heading back out on tour again i feel like i've been on tour we did the alberta tour so coming up june 22nd and 23rd i will be in verdon manitoba at wolverine days mm -hmm. this is a huge annual event it's a it's a charity event they raise money for charities uh the hipwells have been huge supporters of the ccfr yep there's tons of giveaways it's kind of a try and buy thing fun for the whole family you don't have to have a license to come out and try so you can um, check on the CCFR page, look for the information on that event. It's going to be a lot of fun. Then I'm going to stay an extra day and I'm going to do sort of a, um, a town, firearms town hall with Safari Club International, which is a hunting organization. It really big the, out. It's the hunting organization. Right. And I, I was out doing some work with them earlier in the year and with the Manitoba Wildlife Foundation. We've been really working hard, partnering with some of these uh, hunting organizations to help get them a little more involved in firearms advocacy. So um, I haven't announced the details of that yet because we're still working on it. In fact, next week I'm headed back downtown. I'm going to go meet with some uh, somebody from the Conservatives uh, campaign office to see who's on tour where, and I really think we need to get going on some major events. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to be announcing all kinds of town halls all across the country. We're going to be hitting everywhere. And then um, of course I'm coming to um, SummerSlam, which is my favorite event of the whole year. So I'm really looking forward to that. Got myself an awesome Airbnb and we've got the podcaster charity shoot coming up July 6th in Drumheller, Alberta, with CCFR radio hosting. So that means Rod's going to show up, but that means Jason Philp did all the work. So <laughs> you <laughs> nailed it. Yeah. So Jason and Doug, thank you guys so much for all the hard work that you've been doing on that and making it so Rod could just show up. They will also be filming for wild TV. So, 
uh, for the TV show for CCFR's Canada Downrange. So if you're going to Makes that sense. event, you've got a great opportunity to be on TV. So, awesome. Yeah. Um, let's take a step back to the AGM for a second. Okay. We, we had a, some online voting right uh, prior to the AGM where the announcements were um made at the AGM, the results rather were announced at the AGM. Can you right. remind everyone what we were voting on and what the results were? Sure. So we had two amendments to the Articles of Incorporation, and those are sort of the, the governing rules of our of the CCFR. And of course, you know, you write them when you very first start out. And as you go along with growing pains and new people, <laughs> and you sort of learn that some of those things need to be you know, worked out a little bit to um, suit the, the membership and the organization better. So kind of like my taste in firearms, they grow and develop. Right. You, that's exactly correct. So we um, had two amendments. The We wanted to make a small change to the AGM location. So right now, as it stands in the old way, we were constrained to having it alternatively on the the east or the west side of Canada, Right. And normally that's totally fine, but then there comes special circumstances like this year where it would have been really great to have the AGM in Ottawa considering it's an election year. I know we just had it in Gatineau, but, um, you know, th this is the thing is sometimes there might be something else going on that we want to piggyback off of and we, ju we just simply can't. So it doesn't mean that we're always going to have it in the same place or that, you know, like we may very well still follow the um the format that we had before, but what this does is it gives the board an opportunity to, you know, maybe make a different location depending on what's going on. So that would still be voted on by the board. Um, if you've got an opinion on that, you are welcome to voice it to your director and they'll take your concerns to the rest of the team. So there's been no announcement yet, of course, where the 2020 AGM will be. You guys will have to figure that out. Um, but yeah, just a very small change, and it just gives the board that option. Mm, I liked the idea of locking it down in Ottawa, but then somebody smarter than me went, wait a second, we're already locked down to a system that's problematic. Why don't we not lock ourselves down anywhere? We can kind of go by default to Ottawa, because if everybody, my, my opinion on this was, look, if it's in the same town year after year, people can plan accordingly. They know it's in Ottawa. They know when the date's going to be. They can plan to be there. And so there's logic in that. It makes sense. People can plan for it. But if something huge is going on in Newfoundland and we want to be there, oh, well, we can't because, you know, now we can go wherever we want. So personally, my opinion as a director and as a member, I'd like to see us stay consistently in Ottawa so people can plan accordingly to be there year after year. But I love the freedom to move it if we want to because something big has happened. Oh, I totally agree. So, you know, th this way we don't we don't have any specific format. We just, uh, you know, when we can see what's coming up, we can still go travel all over if that's what we want to do, or mm -hmm. we could stay stationary. So, basically, it, it'll just, you know, it, it can be a lot more event specific this way. So, yep. I like just having the option of having it wherever you guys decide. So, the other small change was the creation of a new membership level. And this was sort of born out of my visit out to Saskatchewan. So, I don't want to get in too much to the politics of it all, but, you know, between the national firearms organizations and then you've got the provincial wildlife federations and you've got all these other organizations, everyone's offering insurance with their memberships, right? And what happens is then that's why there's tension between the groups as because basically they're competing for insurance. 
So when I was out there in Saskatchewan and sitting at the at the boardroom table with the guys from the Saskatchewan Wildlife Federation, I said, look, we, we don't have any interest in competing against you for members. First of all, there's 2.2 million people, um, you know, that that should be participating in advocacy. There's lots of room for everybody. And, and club memberships are not our main focus. We, we really want people to willingly participate in advocacy. So we started talking about how we do it. And we, you know, we do have two different levels of club memberships where we have clubs that have everyone being full participating members of the CCFR. And then we have clubs that buy insurance only. So basically they're insurance only memberships. So they said to me, well, what about having the exact opposite and having and everything but insurance membership? And this way they can also help sell that because they're not cutting their own, their own grass, right? So I just thought it was a really great way just to have that option. You know, I, I we haven't necessarily named it yet, but, we, you know, we'll have some kind of supporter type membership where you won't be an insured member. Basically, you're just participating in the advocacy end. So the uh, that was passed unanimously. It was, I think it was like 96.3%. So yeah, everybody thought that was a great idea. And, you know, my, my number one thing is I really want our communities to be more united. And there's no reason where we can't all be rowing our ships to the same battle, right? Yeah. Like, it's insane. So I'm People really are so unwilling to bend or make any kind of accommodations. Like, no, we've always done it this way, or you have to do it our way. Just think outside the box once in a while. Well, this is a problem when you have organizations that have been around for decades and decades right. with the same people at the helm, and They're run, nobody, yes. yeah, nobody wants to give an inch. Well, no, that's that's BOCs, kind of a refreshing they're, thing. They're run by BOCs, and that's the problem. Yeah, so this is refreshing, and that's the cool thing about the CCFR is, you know, we we can mold and and change to suit the community and do what's best for the community at large. So. So yeah, I'm super excited about that. But uh, the AGM was it was awesome. It was just a really great event. And so two things. Yeah, we were supposed to live stream and we didn't, and uh, we were getting stalked by the media. Yeah, what was going on with that? I heard that like now this is just me hearing things, reading things on Facebook. Like CCFR was approached for uh, interviews. CCFR said no. They showed up and stayed at the same hotel as us. What was all that about? And did it factor into why we didn't live stream? Yeah, so we had a few security concerns. Um, Originally, we had been contacted by a major network primetime show. And, of course, we thought, hey, this is a great opportunity. Oh, is that that famous bait and switch show where they record one thing and edit the piss out of it? Those right, guys? that that would be oh, the one, the gotcha. one we shall not name. But yep. yes, so they contacted us and, oh, you know, we want to tell the story of gun owners and we want the public to know your struggles. And, I, you know, <laughs> I think it sounds wonderful, but I mean, come on, we're not born yesterday, right? So yeah. we we talked about it. We, you know, we had sort of said yes, but we were going to limit them and like really limit them. And then after talking to some other people who are very experienced with dealing with devious media, we decided against it. So we had Michael contact them and let them know that was it. Well, the day before the AGM, we had a, a little private message going between those of us that were there a little bit early. And I'm getting these messages. They're in the lobby. They've got cameras. So, of course, here we are, like running throughout the hotel, messaging and avoiding. I had to go down and talk to the guys for the AV for the live stream. And I couldn't get through the lobby because there was the media was in there waiting for us. So, yeah, it was a little bit of drama. And we just 
we weren't able to do it. And um, anyways, we did record it and I did email that out to everybody. If you didn't get your recording of the AGM, uh, you can send us an email at info at firearmrights.ca and I'll get it over to you. But you know, and unfortunately, we just couldn't do it quite live because there was just so much going on. And um, yeah, it was really bizarre. In fact, it's not over. Like they're still today after us. So the only yeah. way the only way you could do it would be the time. Um, I forget what the documentary filmmaker's name was, but he wanted to do a documentary with Jackson. Um, and so Michael Jackson's people said, yes, he had done a documentary with Princess Diana and it came out really good for Princess Diana. But of course, when he did Michael, it was a bait and switch, right? He yeah. basically portrayed him as a pedophile. Um, but, you know, Jackson's people aren't stupid. So they actually had their own film crew going parallel the entire time. Yep. Well, that, yeah, that's, Katie Couric, right? So, yeah. yeah. So that's pretty much what we're, if we if we do anything with them at all, which has not been decided yet, uh, there's a lot of risk there. So, um, you know, we're, we're working that out. But if we do do that, then we're going to do that exact same thing. Well, you know, we still had cameras following us all weekend with coat of arms. So yeah. um, we got a, real, a lot of really good footage and they already put the video of Michelle um, giving that good news out. So... So, yeah, anyways, that didn't really work out. But hopefully we, as we grow, this stuff just keeps happening, right? So Yeah. So I'm yeah. going to have a, a phone call into Jamie to find out about the, the last meeting that happens. If there's anything there I need to know about before we have our next board meeting. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm correct. There's no decision or announcement yet for next year's location. No, not yet. I, we didn't okay. talk about it at all. We did have our annual strategic planning session yeah. after the AGM, um, you know, where we talked a lot about the show and we had a lot of new guys, right? So we were sort of showing them the ropes and it was great conversation, but uh, nothing definitive came out of it. So, okay. um, yeah, Jamie is going to be calling you guys to book your uh, inaugural board meeting of the awesome. new the new board. So. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And I got to tell you, when I was in Calgary, I also had the opportunity to go and see my friend Jeff Reese yes. at the Calgary Shooting Center. Yeah, and thanks I, for that. I don't want to hear it. Stop it. I got the bit. chance to hang up on you from someone else's phone. So that was <laughs> That's really the fun. only way you can get away with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well played. You won that round. Yes. So, but no yeah, golfers. there's just been lots, lots of yeah. stuff going on. And, uh, yeah, tonight I'm actually taking my dad to the D-Day ceremony at the Pearly Rito Veterans Home. They have one there. So the, the guys who can't travel, like my dad, um, they have a big ceremony there. And it's quite the big deal. So I got my maple leaf on and my support, my troops. And Nice. Well, yeah. you're on your way to that. So before we cut you loose, anything else you want to cover? Um, ladies, if you're listening, I will be out in uh, Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island in August on the 16th, I believe, for a ladies shooter networking weekend. So you can check out the women shooters of Prince Edward Island on Facebook and find out the information for that. But I'll be coming to speak at that and network with all the other girls and work it. Yeah, keep the girls shooting. Awesome. Okay. Well, um, thanks for coming on, Trace. It's always a pleasure and I uh, really appreciate the updates. Enjoy your evening with your dad. Thank you. And we will chat again soon. Okay, great. Have a great show, guys. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Once again, thanks, Tracy. That was awesome. And once again, I'm sorry I missed it. That sucked. All right. Listener feedback, the YouTube version. Nothing really. There's uh, 
No questions, just a lot of chat among themselves. So that's all good. Luke wants to take me for a Costco Putin, which is <laughs> awesome. Chris is rubbing in the fact that I've not shot a number four Mark II because he's douchey like that. Richard Bones making fun of everyone. And, uh, yep, that's it. All right. Cool. Uh, the regular listener feedback sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full-service gunsmith who specializes in firearm refinishing. He offers hot-blowing parkerizing. <laughs> Let me tell you, when you parkerize a grand and Cerakote finishes, as well as wood refinishing. Check out his online inventory of new and used guns, firearms, accessories, optics, and more at www.dcgunsmith.ca. You can also follow Armory DC Gunsmith on Facebook and on Instagram. This first one comes to us from Josh from Facebook. He asks, hey there, just wondering if you have put out any reviews or mentions of the Maccabee SLR after they released it. I sure did, Josh. I had the first Maccabee in the wild, first one put in a customer's hands, which I promptly used to win a three-gun match. So I think, no one's corrected me yet, I was the first guy to win a three-gun match with an SLR. What is there to review? The SLR is two pieces of aluminum that you fill it with the AR-15 parts. So we can talk about the fit and finish and quality of the product. Um, and this all Bank good. Well, you know, uh, tear down. Uh, yeah, I mean, so it's not an AR. It's not an air, and people are trying to like apply air standards to it. The magwell is too tight. No, the magwell is as tight as why why it built. He didn't build an air. He built an SLR. Is the magwell tighter? Yep, it's tighter than an air. But guess what? It's not an air. Uh, oh, you gotta take a screw out of the thing to take it apart. Well, take apart your hunting uh, rifle. If you want to remove the receiver from the stock on your hunting rifle, you have to take out two screws. This one, you only have to take out one. Uh, people continue to compare it to an AR because it uses AR internals and AR barrels, but it's not an AR. So everybody needs to like relax. Most of the people criticizing it don't even own one, which makes you a douche. Just saying. Um, the Parker or the uh, anodizing wasn't super. Um, but other than that, I had no issue with uh, machining quality or any of that stuff. Thousand bucks. That's, I don't know. Is it? Yeah. I mean, it's probably, I don't know. I don't know if they're making, I don't know how much money they're making on them when they sell them for a thousand bucks. I have no idea how that works. Is it expensive? Yes, it's expensive. But is it a really cool non-restricted rifle that looks a lot like an air and functions a lot like an air? Yes. When I'm shooting it, I don't know I'm not shooting an air. That's, that's, that's all I got. I mean, it, the build will be what you make it depending on how much you want to spend on the parts you put into it. So, uh, Adriel or oh, Kelly, you don't have the notes, do you? No, no notes for me. Oh, sorry, buddy. All right, Adriel, you want to take the next one from Spencer? From Spencer. <clears throat> hey, guys, I just wanted to send you a few pics of the gun I mentioned in my last email. As you can see in the first one, it's an M1918 Browning automatic rifle in the A2 <laughs> configuration. Which puts it somewhere in the 1930s, I believe. Uh, sadly, it's a semi-automatic gun. But even though it's a real bar, it's chambered for a round you wouldn't expect. What? to LR. What? What? Yeah. A local gunsmith here in Georgia had this deactivated bar in his shop and decided to make something unique. Using the turducken principle, <laughs> he fit a Marlin 795 into the chassis, created a barrel out of copper tubing, and gutted, gutted the magazine so it would fit around the Marlin part. See picture wow. two. 
Oh it may look a little chunky and it's heavy as lead, but it actually shoots great and is surprisingly accurate. Can it you make take... these pictures like our thing for this week? Yeah, oh yeah. I already downloaded them. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, it does take a bit of extra time to work both mag catches as well, but I've always thought the cool factor of the BAR was off the scale. This is probably the only way I'll ever be able to afford one. Best wishes, Spencer in Smyrna. Since we're talking about faux machine guns, I would definitely give a two thumbs up to the GSG MP40 in 9mm. I have one that I bought a while ago, and I'm about to put the paperwork in to SBR it so I can add the folding stock they sell. It's obviously very different from the real MP40, but it's got enough of the look and feel to really fit that niche, especially now that it's in 9mm. Definitely worth buying, if only as a cool range toy. Plus, think of the looks you would get as you take it out of a case to shoot a PCC match. That's true. Priceless. That's true. There's if that, I'm I mean, for that, the PCC match. Yeah, what man. mag does it take, though? Probably has proprietary. Mm, yeah. Mm, unfortunately, here in Canada, that means five rounds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? So no PCC for you. No. I saw an awesome meme the other day of a soldier with a Tommy gun. He's like... And the meme said, "My grandfather shot PCC before it was cool, before it was a thing, and no one picked on him." <laughs> <laughs> PCC being the new short bus division, like it has replaced revolver as the most made fun of division in the sport. But people actually shoot PCC, and they're, no one shoots right. revolver. They're right. they're awesome though. PCC they're very awesome. Fantastic. I love them. Hundred percent awesome. So, uh, shout outs. No, wait. If you want to email us, email us at our email. Shoutouts. Do I get to give a shout out? Yeah, man, yeah. you can start. Kelly's Sweet. first. Can I can I give a shout out to Real Kelly, um, who I did not get to chat with on this show, but I will see you at the end of the month because I you're, you're supposed to be coming to Vancouver, so at, uh, I will be at that Maple Seed. Cool. Sweet. Yes. My my shout out goes to everyone who came out to the fourth annual Ronnie DeGroot Steel Challenge. We really appreciate everyone supporting that match. It's a heck of a lot of fun, and for um. It's not a worthy cause. Some people still think it's a charity shoot. We only ever gave the money to charity the first year, but it's still in our hearts. It's a worthy cause just to get out and, and uh, join us in um, remembering Ronnie and his late wife, Carol. So thank you guys. Awesome. My shout out goes to uh, uh, movie armor. Kelly, thank you for coming on. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh Patreonies, um, no new ones this week, uh, but we're always on the lookout for the next Patreon supporter or a new Patreoni. We got to um, do a show too, Patreon yeah, show. Oh my God. Yeah, we were, oh geez. We're way behind. Yes, we there was more. someone who Facebooked us and they were like, hey, I'd come on for your episode 300. Maybe we can say like, <laughs> hey, how about not, but one of our Patreon shows. <laughs> yeah, good enough. Good enough. Yeah. yeah. So um, what does Patreoni get you? Well, it gets you the pride and sense of accomplishment and knowing that you're supporting Slamfire Radio. Well, that's first and foremost. Sense of achievement. <laughs> sense of achievement. That's right. Um, you can like keep it to yourself, but you'll know on the inside that you're supporting us. You don't want to tell anybody publicly that you're doing it. We understand. Well, you but could. I, you could put the sticker on, you know, somewhere it's okay. true, but, but it's true. But there are a few stickers and a few patches out in the wild that have, you know, fallen off the back of a truck and stuff. But mm. the other thing you get along with a sense of accomplishment and achievement is uh, Adriel will mail you eventually. Right, Adriel? I've been sending them out. I got three that I got to send out today. Funnier my way to okay. make it sound like it's a slam fire thing. Like you're slacker like McFly. Adriel will send you I promptly, slack. promptly, apparently, a patch and a, a new patch, not a roll patches and stickers. So, um, 
what you're doing is you're supporting us in our endeavor to put this show out week after week. Um, it wasn't cheap to get Kelly to fly into the studio to put Kelly up in a, a you know a Sheraton four star the limo, right? The limo is good, Kelly. Yeah, oh, the limo was fantastic. Right, yeah. it's not it's not easy to to get guest hosts to come on like that. It costs money, and you're helping pay for that, so we really appreciate it. Um, and there's all the other costs associated with producing a podcast. So thank you very much to our current Patreonies. We really appreciate it, and uh, please consider signing up. Until next week, everyone, you can um, show your support by visiting our website as well and clicking on the link for Cabela's. So you're going to Cabela's anyway, just take a little detour through Snapfire. You know, you're going there, you're buying something. All you got to do is stop, stop by our house first and go through our back door to get to Cabela's and uh, we get a kickback and that's awesome. Go through Trevor's back door. Yes, right through Trevor's back door. You're going out through my back door, in through my front door, out through my back door. <laughs> Kelly, be quiet. Please join one or more of our National Firearms Associations, such as the CCFR. Check us out on Gun Owners of Canada and likes on Facebook. We're now up to oh, way more than that orphanage or a library or, you know, I don't know, a church. Uh, 2,148. And so uh, that's all we got. Take somebody shooting. See you next week. Later. See you guys. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun. You can't just, you know, riff or something like that. Do some ska or like some beatboxing in between. Do like? Do you want me to go like in and out of what I did this week in guns while we're waiting for it to come back? God, no, that's horrible, Dad. <laughs> <laughs>